done so in the first 85 minutes here. McKinney. And again, McKinney! Potentially defining moment for a growing yet youthful team. Welcome to the Booted Podcast with your hosts, Matt Crum and Jake Lucas. I always forget my last name. <laughs> he still forgets his last name. Oh, yeah. Jake. Just Jake. Yeah. You know what? Make, make that your trademark. Make that your brand. Mm-hmm. You're just Jake. You're JJ. Yeah, what other Jakes do we know? I know, well, I technically know a few, but not in this area. Not that we regularly communicate with. Yeah. So you're just Jake. That's true. The only Jake that matters. <laughs> well, um, you probably actually don't know who we are at all because we haven't podcasted in, I don't know, six months? <laughs> Longer than that. No, it's been less than six months. It's been probably like three or four. Three or four? Yeah. I think we did one in uh, September. One in September? Yeah, right before all the... Basically, everything started. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, all the important things. <laughs> yeah, the time you're supposed to do podcasts and do updates, we don't. We decide not to do it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure both of our fans were really upset with us for that. There are 12 fans, two international fans, one in Japan. So, Aaron McCollum, yeah. thanks for following still. Yeah, how is our Portuguese fan supposed to figure out what's happening in World Cup uh, qualifying? We're not podcasting. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he's got uh, he's got more games to watch over there, but I sure don't know. Well, we're back now. We're we're doing this year end, putting a nice pretty bow on twenty twenty one, which has been a kind of pretty year That's in the cool. U.S. soccer world. Would you say? Yeah, and also your world too, and our world. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I uh, I acquired a pretty wife in between our last podcast and now. Mm-hmm. The clanging in the kitchen you probably just heard was was, was her artwork. <laughs> you can't hear it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. She she might she might give me some dirty looks for that comment later, but we'll see. Yeah, what a fun wedding that was. Was it fun? We hope it was fun. Yes, it was. Besides getting stuck at uh, the venue for a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. So we we had our venue. It was not quite country, but not quite city, and there were limited Ubers at the end of the night. And <laughs> I guess Jake's crew didn't have the wheels to get to the next location for a while, huh? Yeah, we actually had it all set up. So we had four people that were trying to get into one car. And, of course, with COVID, you don't know if somebody can sit in the front seat. So yes. what we tried to do, I ordered an Uber, talked to the guy, and he said he can come pick us up. And I'm like, okay, we're all good to go. And then one of our friends, girl, well, fiancé, uh, decided to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to call Uber XL. Jake, you can cancel yours. So as I go to cancel mine which was two minutes away, and <laughs> confirmed that he could take all four of us. The Uber XL was four minutes away, and as soon as I canceled my Uber, the XL canceled on us. So yeah. we were stuck there for a little longer. <laughs> yes, yes, and I remember all this. I felt so bad because we were like literally the last ones to leave the venue. <laughs> yeah, and we were one of the first ones there. Yes, yes, you were. Yeah, that's the other funny story. So, so... They made quite Jake's group made quite an exit and also quite an entrance. We were uh, we were in the front lawn of this uh, estate property and doing finishing up our couples photos for the photo shoot and and in comes Jake and his girlfriend Allison on a golf cart, wish, woozing. Uh, what, what do we call? Wh- 
<laughs> whizzing by. Whizzing. I was like, whizzing, whizzing, whizzing. <laughs> whizzing, whizzing by. And we were just kind of, high, awkward wave. You're not supposed to see us yet. Hi. <laughs> I personally thought it was hilarious. Katrina and my wife probably thought different thoughts. But, yeah, but uh, it's, it's kind of funny to go whizzing by somebody. Whizzing, like, yeah. Whizzing, is that like a train? Were you boozing by us as well? Uh, no, we were not. Okay, we, uh, good. Boozed, Responsible people as we, you are. We boozed before we got into uh, the lift uh, to get out there. Yeah, which was quite a fun long lift, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Three people in the back seat, all all sweaty and. Forty five minutes an hour. Forty five uh, minutes. Yeah, it was probably like forty ish minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yep, it happened. I got married. I convinced, I tricked someone into marrying me, so yay me. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a full-time dog dad, just like yeah. Jake's been. Yeah, welcome to this life. Yeah, full-time dog dad to young Kirby, and um, it's it's quite rewarding, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing to do with him? Favorite thing to do with him? I mean, probably probably take him to the dog park and just see him run. He mm-hmm. he is consistently the fastest dog at the dog park. Really? He's a golden doodle. He's he's golden retriever and poodle. Two dogs not necessarily known for their speed, but man, when he gets to the dog park, nobody can catch him. Mm-hmm. No dog can catch him. It's pretty pretty astounding to watch. Uh, do you have trouble catching him? Oh yeah, <laughs> like you kind of have to corner him and wait. He's he's got like he's got some some serious like DeAndre Yedlin speed like back in twenty fourteen. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking fresh fresh leg speed. Yeah, so you would say your dog's DeAndre Yedlin then? With yeah. With all he, of his personality. He does have a nice hair, haircut too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I would liken Kirby to DeAndre Yedlin. He's, he, so what he does on walks, when we're both going on walks, my wife and I, he'll like kind of herd us. He'll like walk behind us. And so he's got that like defensive responsibility to mm-hmm. him as well. But he also likes to go forward like at the uh, at the dog park. So yeah, yeah, I'd say DeAndre Yedlin's a good good lookalike mm-hmm. for uh, for Kirby. Nice. What would Crosby? What would your U.S. Men's National Team Crosby? <laughs> so I'm debating between two players. Are you talking okay. about this current team? I'm not sure who. Um, Just a regular U.S. Men's National but Team. I, I'm debating between Pablo Mastroeni and Kyle Beckerman. Oh, going back in yeah. the day. So he is a defender. He is a protector. And he is somebody that is just going to roughhouse the crap out of other dogs. Yeah. Um, so anytime he's at the dog park, he's always finding the other biggest dog and just, like, going at it with him. Yeah. Like, I took him yesterday, and literally, like, for 10 minutes, he just started wrestling this, like, eight-month-old eight, eight, eight puppy. Yeah. And the puppy was bigger than him, and he was just, like, owning it, knocking him down. There was an eight-month-old puppy bigger than Crosby? Yeah. It had to be, like, some kind of German Shepherd mix. Yikes. That's a big pup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's super defensive. Um, not defensive, defensive, but physical. Always barks when somebody comes in, so you know he's there. And kind of like that, Kyle Beckerman, Pablo Mastroeni. I would say if, I would out. say Pablo Mastroeni if, if he's like the rough and tumble mm-hmm. one. Beckerman's, Beckerman will get into it, but he's more of like that calming presence. Uh, would you call Crosby a calming presence or more of like a instigator? Uh, it depends on the day. Depends like on if, the we're day. At, if we're at the dog park, he's definitely... Uh, an instigator. Definitely master running. Yeah, if somebody has the ball, he's running and chasing after that yeah, dog. Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. We've yeah. got, well, I mean, hey, that's a nice little core to the team, right? Mm. A solid right back, a solid central defensive midfielder. Yeah, a lot of red cards. <laughs> at least from my dog. Lots of red cards, yeah, yeah. That's another problem with Kirby, is he also likes to play, play, play rough. Mm-hmm. 
yellow cards aplenty, at least. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's kind of life right now. We've got a lovely another wave of the, the COVID crisis, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of weathering that out. It was not going to not gonna ruin our New Year's Eve fun, but no. we're, we're kind of riding it out. Yeah, hopefully uh, riding it out through February, too. Yeah. That's still a goal. Yes, um, speaking yeah. of Portugal. Yeah, we're uh, planning a trip to go to Portugal with uh, my girlfriend, so it should be a fun trip, and potentially seeing uh, Porto versus uh, Sporting Lisbon. Yes. So. Tecatito yeah. might be in... On the in, bench? Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe on the bench. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Hopefully he's playing by then. No, he might be back by in Mexico by then. Oh, yeah, or that, or that. Well, we've got a lot to cover because a lot happened. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about... We're going to kind of recap where we are in the qualifying cycle right now. Kind of halfway, a little bit past halfway. Um, upcoming games, big, big, big ones coming up. Uh, we'll give a quick shout-out to MLS commencing their season, or is commencing the right word? Yes. Commencement speech, right? Mm-hmm. Let's yeah, we'll wrap tie that in up. with, like... We can talk about the December like, game. I don't think anybody in the world watched it. Uh, the final? No, the U.S. Men's Friendly. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, there was a friendly that happened. There were some, there were some young Americans in there. Yeah, yeah. It was a nice camp to have. There's actually another one going to happen before the next World Cup qualifying games. Um, so another camp in January will happen. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so we'll kind of level set where we are do MLS little MLS stuff we'll talk about mid-season grades for our US men's national teamers overseas some have fared well some have fared not so well we'll talk about them and their situations and then we'll do I'll have a little fun Jake we'll, we'll talk about some new year's resolutions we have for the US men's national team for, oh, we're for not gonna talk about ourselves for players it? we can also talk about our own yeah we could kick it off with our own kick it off with our own and, although I don't know how to feel about this because I feel like a jinx coming on, we can talk about a little bit of looking ahead since it is 2022 coming up to the big event, the World Cup. Mm. So we'll see. I don't know. I don't want to jinx anything yet. But, Jake, you might want to jinx stuff. So Yeah, I love jinxing stuff. Yeah. It works out really well. Works out really well for me. Well, Jake, what are we drinking on this New Year's Eve Eve oh. Eve? Eve, 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 yes. Eve, 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 Eve. It's like Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Well, never mind. Nobody knows that story. Okay, <laughs> I gotta explain that story. I got my niece um, Hungry, Hungry Hippos for Christmas. And she said that, like, I called her. Your niece. I thought you said your knees. Yeah, like my your, knees. Your yeah, knees. knees. I was like, what do your knees yeah, got, do with Hungry, got, Hungry Hippos? I got my knees a video or a little child's game to play. Yes. Um, but yes. no, my niece. 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 Um, yeah, she got Hungry Hungry Hippos, and um, I called her on Christmas Day to see what her favorite gift was, and she just said the hippo game. So I tried to tell my girlfriend's mom that, and instead of saying Hungry Hungry Hippos, I went and said Hungry 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 Hippos. <laughs> you, you added a third hungry in there? Yeah, <laughs> so that was uh, fun. But drinking. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking a day of Dance of Days from Atlas Brew. Uh, for works, which is not a sponsor of the Booted Podcast. But could be. But yeah. could be. You know... One of the leagues we play in, uh, they're a big sponsor of it, so yeah. maybe we can get the time. They're already involved in the soccer community around here, aren't they? Yes. Yes, Classic Atlas, a stalwart in the D.C. brewing community. I'm drinking something a little spit southern in style. Ooh. 
From the land of Ricardo Pepe and Weston McKinney, it's the spicy variety of ranch water. Can we go back to the beginning? Was that your southern, like your Texas accent? We're not going to do that again. <laughs> We're not going to do that again. Yeah, I, you know, I spent some time, uh, I, you know, I, I kind of listened to what their their lingo was like. Anyways, ranch water, I don't know if you guys heard of it yet, but it's kind of like a big seltzer craze. And this specific variety is just, I got it because it's, it's hilarious. It's just called spicy. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the flavor. Like, it's literally seltzer with a spiciness to it. Nice. And it's actually quite nice. Does that have jalapenos? It is made with agave, natural lime juice, and jalapeno. Oh, jalapenos. Jalapenos. To, to our northern com- compatriots. <laughs> anyway, so it's a fun little drink. They sell it at Total Wine now, so I was like, why not? Why not feel a little spicy in this festive period, right? Mm-hmm. Always got to feel spicy. Yep. All right, Jake. Let's talk about where we are. What a year it's been, huh? Yeah, I know. That's why they call it 2021, huh? 2021, because it's supposed to be better? Yeah. 2020, I, I don't get it. Why do they call it 2021? It was from The Hangover. Like, oh. I got that right in, huh? <laughs> That's why they call it Sin City. Oh. <laughs> yeah, my jokes are horrible. Went way over my head. Well, yeah. yes, we certainly 2020 won some games. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> is that worse dad joke than what you said? I no, I don't think so. Uh, I love, we're going to buy... Dad jokes, you could say it's Dos Acero. Dos Acero? Yeah. I believe it's. Well. That, yeah, see? Two to nothing. Well, I believe it's Trace Acero on the year. Ooh, that is true. For the U.S. and Mexico. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of what we can lead with. <laughs> Something funny, Jake. We could always talk about the two cups and one World Cup qualifier. Two cups and one <laughs> that That is like a joke oh. you have to be born in like the early 90s to understand. Yeah, true. true. Uh, if you weren't born in the early 90s, we're sorry. Yeah. Anyways, yes. So we are basically over halfway done with the World Cup qualifying cycle. The games came thick and fast. There were three game windows. There were two game windows. We've got another three game window coming up at the end of January, beginning of February. And, you know, we had a slow start there. We we went down to El Salvador. We tied them. There was an early loss in there to Panama on the road. But, and this has been the key to past World Cup qualifying cycles, we've maintained a good record at home. Three wins, one tie. And we're not bleeding out on the road, at least. Yes, you got to win at home and draw on the road and you're in the World Cup. And that's basically the formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we kind of separate it into highs and lows, right? So our, our the main highs, there's a lot, frankly, there's a lot of highs. I mean, yeah. we have a lot to look back on in 2021 and be really, really happy about. Key wins over Mexico, Costa Rica, and Jamaica, three of the teams that are traditionally some of the toughest at home. And we beat Canada in the, did we beat them in the Nations League Cup semifinal? We beat them in the Nations League Cup. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we beat them in the Gold Cup, I think it was, actually. Yeah. We tied them at home, which was interesting. And that is probably the story of the qualifying so far, is that it is Canada who is leading the group. Um, very, very tight, though. Only two points, I believe, separates Canada, U.S., Mexico, and Panama. Mm-hmm. 
but Canada has, by and large, looked the strongest, most dangerous team. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think they have the best player in CONCACAF and probably the best striker. Yeah. So. Certainly going forward, they are probably light years of, well, not light years of, but ahead of the traditional powers, U.S. and Mexico. And they, they tied Mexico in the Azteca as well. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge accomplishment. So, anyways, but hey, we haven't lost them yet. Um, so that's a positive. So three, three win, three zero and one at home. Got a win. Got a couple draws away. Pretty good start as well for the U.S. men's national team. That's kind of big picture stuff. I think some more specific highs are the emergence of players like Ricardo Pepe, Brendan Aronson, Tim Weah. I'll throw Robinson on there. Well, Anthony. yes. Anthony Robinson? Wait. Yeah. yeah. Not Miles. No, Miles. Miles. Well, buy both the Robinsons. Yeah, because, like, I think Miles was, like, bigger jump for me. Yeah. Uh, because, like, when we were talking about this in, what, like, August, we're talking mm-hmm. about, like, yeah, like, who's going to start by Jonathan Brooks? He's going to start by Jonathan Brooks. And now it's like, okay, who is going to be the best fit for, for Robinson? Who's going to start next to him? Yeah. So, and that's what I was going to get to next. I, I, I was more talking about going <laughs> forward, but yeah. you're... Yeah, but you're absolutely right. So I was, th- I was more talking about players who have stepped in as Pulisic hasn't been available for much of this, much of the qualifying cycle so far. Uh, Gio Reyna has been unavailable for much of the qualifying cycle. And so those are two key guys that we thought we would have. But we've had guys like Brendan Aronson especially, Tim Weah more recently, come in as wingers and do the job. Mm-hmm. And then Ricardo Pepe's kind of been a revelation up top. We we kind of hit a wall with our number nines. Sergeant is having just a rough, rough, rough time. I mean, Sergeant's like a defender now. Yeah, yeah, poor guy is just defending for his life again, again. Uh, we'll get to that later. Um, you know, guys like Pfaff, eh, ups and downs hasn't really, you know, got it together as far as scoring for us. Who else? Who else have we tried up there? I mean, Yasi, he's been injured. Yasi Zardis has been injured. Thank you, thank you very much. So it's been rough at the number nine position, but thankfully, Pepe scored some goals down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So those are some those are some nice things. And then, just like you mentioned, our back line has been solid without some of the key guys we thought that would be in there, mm-hmm. like Brooks, Mark McKenzie, and Matt Miazga. They've had very much a struggle of a year in Europe so far. But guys like Miles Robinson, who you mentioned, Zimmerman has come back into the fold and performed very well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that should be a surprise to anybody because I don't know why he wasn't in the mix previous, but that's another story for another time. Uh, and then Chris Richards, which is one of the more exciting center backs, who's been playing very well in the Bundesliga, has also stepped in. And on the outside, it's been Anthony Robinson, as you said. That has emerged as our left back. And I think Yedlin right now is our is the guy that, that's being most trusted as a right back. Yeah. So those are the guys that have stood out on the defensive side. What do you think? Yeah, I think, like, if you're talking about, like, outside back to him forward, like, Robinson's done really well going forward. Anthony Robinson's done really well going forward. And I think Des just, like, contributing the offense has been very helpful. Uh, but, like, Yedlin is still, like, somebody, like, we talked about. We thought he would be like a fringe player, and now it's like, is he in your starting 11? Yeah. If you're playing against somebody that needs to shut down. Like, if I'm looking at the Canada game, I think you have to start Yellow on the right. 
uh, to try to uh, play set offset Alfonso uh, Davies. Yeah, yeah. So I'd rather yeah. trust him than uh, just uh, for that. But yeah. I, yeah, I think like the back line, like we thought it was going to look completely different, but uh, now it just looks amazing too. Like really excited to, to see like Robinson still continue to develop. Um, but like these other players too, and like we didn't even talk about Jordan Morris. Um, mm-hmm. He he finally got a minutes back with the national team, so hopefully he can make an impact in the like this March or April. Yes. Yeah, the March qualifiers. Yes, yes, yeah, that's huge, and we'll get to that as well. Um, but just to wrap up the back line, yeah, I mean, a low for me has been the inconsistency of Dest, both for for club and country. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of a player in the middle of middle of two different roles one's more attacking but you know also with the need to be defensive it's just it's hard for him to cement a place in either of those things and anyway so that he's, he's he still be, young but do you think he would be better as a winger like a right winger well i mean that's basically what he's been doing a little bit with barcelona mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i mean he basically is a winger in the u.s men's national team context it's just tough because that's already a crowded area who do you drop to bring him in? Um, whereas outside backs are still there's still a rotation place for him. So yeah. I mean, I think it's who's healthy. Yeah, uh, right, right wing spot. Like Pulisic's out, Reyna's out. <clears throat> he should be somebody that fills those roles. Yeah. Well, but then, but then, do we? What about Aronson and Wea? That's true. You start one on the other wing, and yeah, you start dust. I mean, these are good problems to have, but, you know, I, Destiny, he, maybe he'll get a better club situation. You know, that's that's something, you know, that's something that he's still hopefully get on the other end of. But the good news is, and kind of the whole point of all this, is that our depth has really shown itself mm-hmm. that we can go 23, 24 players deep and still get the results. So a few more highs is, I would call it moments of magic from our midfield trio of Adams, McKenney, and Musa. Mm-hmm. They haven't played together like that all that much, but I think especially in that Mexico game where they were in there and they needed to perform, they did. Um, and I think Adams been solid. McKenney, he's been a little bit, it's been tricky for him due to unavailability, due to injury. But I think we see the promise of the magic that can happen between those three. Yeah, we also got to remember these three are under 23 years old. I know, I know. They're going against, what, like, people that are 32? Like, fully grown, built, developed, and have so much more experience than they do. So I think, like, those three, like, they've been playing so wonderful, too, and um, really excited for next year. And I think, like, anything we're doing right now is just going to make 2026 a lot easier for that World Cup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're already... I think we're ahead of the curve Yeah, right now, which is fantastic, which gives us hope for 2022, which we'll talk about later. But there's a few last last notes so far. Solid goalkeeping. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter who's in there right now. Stefan performed amazingly against Mexico. We've got... We've got um, Turner? Turner, thank you. I was about to say <laughs> Miller, but I was like, that's the wrong MLS goalkeeper. Turner... Sean Johnson is was has just just uh, had a great finish to the MLS season, being an MLS Cup champion, named MVP. We've got him. We've got Ethan Horvath. You know, I, I'm not even worried. I've never really been worried about goalkeeping, but it's really shine. It's really shown this uh, this World Cup qualifying cycle so far. 
that's great. And my last low is just the unavailability of players, right? The Christian and Geo being injured, Weston being injured. It's it stinks, but I think, like we said, our depth is covering it so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's always good, and I think the depth is going to be tested the next window, and we'll talk about that with like our key games. Yes. Yeah, so, what are the ne- the key games remaining for us? So, I think uh, I think these ones are up to, for debate. I think every game is going to be very key. Yeah. But I'm very bullish that we're going to do well. Um, but key games: Canada away, Mexico away. I think you have Panama at home. But I'm more Panama at home. Yep. I'm more worried about. I think that the bigger key game would be Costa Rica on the road. Costa Rica on the road. Yeah. So if I'm looking at the big three, I would say those are the three big matches remaining: Mexico away, Canada away, Costa Rica away, and then I think. Yeah. Like we, <clears throat> the January window is going to be difficult uh, because you have like the players in MLS, like Miles Robinson, Zimmerman. That's right. Probably won't be able to start that game. That's right. Um, you have Musa, McKenney, and Adams, who would all be coming back from like that holiday that they yeah. take in Spain, Germany, and uh, Italy. Yeah. And then your striker, your number nine, you're you're gonna have uh, Pepe, who's out of form. Sardis, who would be out of form. Yeah. So like the only people you're gonna have like hope for is like a healthy Christian Pulisic to be at full strength. Mm-hmm. Anthony Robinson, and then Zach Steffen. Yeah. So those are gonna be like. The three players that should be in full form by then. Yeah. But like looking at the competition, you have El Salvador and Honduras at home, which they're in the same boat. And then Canada, which should be in the same boat too, but has Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David. Yeah, that's right. So And um, Kyle Warren too. Kyle Warren, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean the the back half of this is certainly I think the toughest part you have you have the two other best teams so far and there are away fixtures uh in canada and mexico and then you're gonna have an incredibly i mean unless panama falls off a cliff cliff in their window in, in the in the january february window you're gonna have they're they're gonna be probably fighting for their life if they can maintain that fourth spot mm-hmm. You have them at home, and then Costa Rica away to end it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean there is so much soccer to be played, and I, you know, after the year we just had, it, it's it's tempting to feel very secure. But I, for one, after how Canada's played, after the pressure that Mexico's going to be under to perform after what's been a very up and down year for them, and how feisty Costa Rica and Panama would would are going to be. Oh man, I am, I am not. Ugh, I'm, I'm being very cautious right now. Mm-hmm. But it'll be fun. It'll be a lot of fun. I think that, especially that next. I mean, Canada away and Mexico away. In oh no, wait, sorry. So that's, I. So I got that a little bit wrong. So yeah. I thought the. So so the next the next window is actually El Salvador at home, Canada, Canada away, home. and Honduras at home, which is actually pretty good. That is a nice. That's a nice warm up. Well, that's more than a warm up, but a nice a nice first window. But that last window is going to be a lot. Mexico yeah. away, Panama at home, and Costa Rica. At home. Man, that would have been so much better to have Mexico on the road, Canada or Mexico on the road, Costa Rica on the road, and then come back to Panama. 
That's yeah. gonna be hard, hard on the legs going from Mexico to wherever you play in the United States back to Costa Rica. Yeah, because in this next window, it'll be fine because we have Ohio and Minnesota as the home games. Yeah, and then you have, and then Canada and Toronto. So that's not much travel uh, at all. I think it's Hamilton, but it's basically Hamilton. Yeah, just outside yeah. of Toronto. Yeah, whatever. It's it's Canada. <laughs> yeah, they only have one road there. They only have one road <laughs> from Hamilton to Toronto. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I think the January transfer or January January window, February window might be a little tricky. Yeah, yeah, you make a good point. I mean, the MLS players are going to be well. I mean, they're having a January camp. We just had the December camp. They can, but there's just no substitute for regular game time, mm-hmm. and that the MLS players will be missing that. And we, you know, the European players will hopefully be in. I mean, that's that's what we've had trouble with is is healthy European players. So. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. That'll be an interesting call-up, I think, for Berhalter. Probably is just most challenging yet, I would say. Yeah, so that's what lies ahead and what 2020-21 was. So, overall, I think we're ahead of schedule. Yeah, we are. Hopefully that, uh, that helps us well in 2022 at the World Cup. At the at World, the World Cup. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Not qualifying. Oh, man. No, I'm knocking on all the wood We're here. Not qualifying. We're talking about the World Cup. Oh, I'm knocking on all the wood. You are you are probably more confident than I am, but I yeah. am. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. we got to make it first. We yeah. have to make it. Speaking of MLS and it's not going on, that's because it just wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, we just had the MLS Cup fi- final where NYCFC won their first Cup in a pretty exciting PK shootout. Interesting year, maybe a little bit got swept under under the rub a little bit with the whole um, World Cup qualifying thing coming into play. Um, but there were exciting, you know, young breakout players. Um, some some veterans kind of restaked their claims. Any any um, closing thoughts on the MLS season? Yeah, it was a. Uh kind of stunk that there wasn't a U20 World Cup like there normally is. Mm-hmm. But, like, a few, like, players that stuck out, like, throughout the whole season. Cade Cowell yep. from uh, San Jose was really awesome. And then Caden Clark, um, who's going to be joining Lysbig mm-hmm. um, this window, played really solid throughout the year until um, he had, like, a few surgeries here and there and injuries. Brendan Aronson's younger son, Paxton, uh, younger sorry, son? Or younger brother. <laughs> not son. Um, but yeah, his younger brother, brother yes, like, broke into yes. the union and has been linked with uh, Leisbig and Salzburg. So they've been playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then like a few other players too that like really stuck out. Like the Sands played really well for New York, Red, or New York uh, City FC mm-hmm. during their playoff run. Um, Sean Johnson played amazingly in the playoffs as well too. So yep. he's starting to get back and staking that claim. And then Throughout, like throughout the other like young players rising too, um, Kevin Perez from DC United's been yep. playing pretty well, and still only 19 years old and been absolutely crushing it. So there's a lot of promise, a lot of opportunity for the younger people. Um, even Che, uh, the center back from Justin Che, yeah, Justin Che. Yeah, Leon Flock is uh, is another guy for the Union that has come up through their system. He's a he's a defensive mid midfield player, getting a lot of attention. You mentioned Sands getting attention from Rangers over in Scotland. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so so not like your you know your Adams and McKennies of the world, maybe, but you know a lot of young guys getting in the mix. I think you know, not to mention Ricardo Pepe, who who said you know there was there was some article I can't remember on what that said that it was Bayern Munich were looking at him. I'd be very surprised if Bayern Munich came calling. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly a European move is probably on the horizon for him. So those are kind of the main guys also, you know, that in addition to yours that I think were, were standouts this season. It's a little unfortunate. You know, that, that's the young player, Cadre. Cadre? I think that's how you say that word. Cadre? Cadre. It's like the C-A-D-R-E, like the, the group, in other words, the younger group. Okay. <laughs> Jake's like, I don't know what language he's talking about. Yeah, right? vocabulary is great. Vocabulary. But, you know, it's it's a little bit discouraging, especially when you look at the MLS Cup final, how, how few veteran American players were playing. So you had, you know, Sean Johnson ended up being the MLS Cup MVP. We talked about him. But if you look at across the field players, Portland didn't have any Americans in there. Uh, James Sands for NYCFC and actually Alfredo Morales mm-hmm. – who is kind of a kind of a little favorite of mine was in the mix, but other than that, not a whole lot of American talent at the highest levels of MLS right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned jo- Jordan Morris was another one that came back kind of probably probably too late for Seattle mm-hmm. um, to to make his big impact, but um, yeah, I mean it was a little disappointing to not to see as many field players in the mix late on in that in that in those playoffs. Um, but hey, that that just means that MLS is attracting all that international talent and becoming an, a destination. And speaking of it becoming a destination, what news do we have about players coming in the league, Jake? Yeah, according to reports, Insigne um, is going to be leaving Napoli at the end of the year and joining Toronto. Yes. So that should be pretty interesting. Lorenzo Insigne. Yeah, under yeah. the watch of Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he just he just won the Euro with Italy. Um, he's thirty years old, so kind of that like not too old yet. Still got some good years under him, kind of deal. Oh, he has at least five years. That'll be fine. At least five years. We hope. We hope. So that's cool. So so the league's obviously still attracting some top level players. I think Napoli is actually fighting for. I think they're um, leading. Yeah, they might even be leading. I haven't looked at the latest standings. They are having a very, very good season, at least. Now they're, they're third right now, but it's pretty tight at the top. Uh, Inter is, is is ahead, but yeah. So top top player from top league, top team coming in. Watch and, out! Watch out! Anything else to say on the major league soccer season? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it, we we usually have more to say, but again, it's just kind of World Cup qualifying has taken over. And yeah, so that's it's that what, time of year. It's weird. Yeah. Nobody knows what's going on. Like we're doing this between Christmas and New Year's, and nobody knows what day it is. Yes, yeah, it's been do. a fun week, huh? It's like, yeah, I've had like work off for the last like seven days. I don't know what to do. With you don't know what to do. Make podcasts. <laughs> yes, I think we should head back over the the old pond. That's a pretty big pond. Pretty big pond. Pretty big pond. To over the Atlantic, over to Europe, and talk about. What is the middle of the season right now for most teams and leagues and for U.S. men's national team stars over there? So we kind of wanted to play a little mid-season grade 
uh, game for a list of people that we thought certainly at the beginning of the European season would be challenging for trophies, have breakout years, take their teams to new heights. But it's been a mixed bag, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They're more, yeah. more informed for the country than they are for clubs. You know, and that's kind of what my... That's kind of what my attitude is toward club soccer now. It's like, I don't even care if they're playing sometimes, as long as they're not getting hurt. <laughs> yes, I think we're we're very cautious of that because of everything that's happened to Pulisic and yeah. um, Reyna. Yeah, let's start with Pulisic. So, I mean, midseason, great. It's, it's really kind of, well, it's it's partially, it's, it's, been, it's been tough. He's been injured for a lot. He's now had a, had a stretch of a few weeks of being available and healthy, but Chelsea's been struggling. He's been playing all sorts of positions. I think he's been playing wingback. Yeah, but like when you're playing wingback for Chelsea, you're attacking. Yeah. It's a two-goal system, that's like an attacker. So. Yeah. He's so been like, playing false nine as well, yeah. though. Ugh, it's just not been working for either Chelsea or Pulisic right now. Yeah. What do you think needs to happen, Jake? I think he needs to go out on loan. Yeah. Either go out on loan or ask for a transfer. Because he'll yeah. probably go get more minutes like with a mid-level team, play really well, make an impact, and then come back to Chelsea and do well or just get sold. Yeah. Yeah, it's just been so up and down for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the star of the show in the Champions League semifinal last year, right? Yeah. Or actually this year, 2021. And this year, this, this season, I should say, it's just been so up and down. That's just got to be mentally exhausting for a player. Yeah, and he hasn't been healthy for it, so. Yeah. He needs to be more durable, but I don't know. You know what? Here's my other attitude towards Pulisic and the U.S. men's national team. I honestly don't care if he's called in anymore. Yeah. Because our depth is good enough to carry us through. And it's honestly more healthy that that we're not relying on him. Like, if he's healthy, great. Throw him in there. Mm Mm-hmm. But if he's not, let's just move on, like mentally and emotionally, right? Like, yeah. we're always so bummed when he's not available. But I think his I, best position is a super sub still. Like yeah. you saw that against Mexico, he came on the field, popped in the goal, and just made a huge impact from the bench, going yeah. after tired players and everything like that. So if he's not 100 percent healthy, I wouldn't start him right but away. But no player wants to hear that, Jake. Yeah. Every player wants to be a starter. That's true. So how do you tell a talent like Christian Pulisic that for his country which he's supposed to represent the top tier of the talent that he's just a super sub is that what you want to tell him no you tell him he's not fit because he's always injured you don't <laughs> okay. want to get him injured you want to manage his minutes okay but say you every know, club does it yeah but say he, he actually okay okay but st- yeah there's fitness is another factor but say he say he stays healthy from now until February okay is he a starter yeah he's a starter okay so it's just a matter of his fitness more than anything. Yeah. If his fitness is there, he's a starter. But if you're looking at what he's putting on the field and doing it, I'll give it a C. Yeah. I'd say it's average. Yeah. Okay. I also have to give it a C. Again, partly not his fault because of his lack of being fit and available, but it's just been tough. Yeah. And speaking of it being tough for somebody, Weston McKinney is a little bit in the same boat. Oh. No? No. I, dude, I give him an A. I think he's a give one. Give an A. Yeah, because Allegri has said anytime McK- like McKinney is healthy, he will be a starter for Juventus. So but has that played out? 
Yeah. Anytime he's been healthy now, he's been like he, he's locked. He didn't in start spot. the last game. He's he came in, in as spot. a sub. Go back to like the other five games before. That. Let's see the other uh, game before that. He was a he was a starter. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just feel like it's been a mixed bag for him as well. Game before that was not a starter, not even named. So he must have been, he must have had an injury. Was not even named mm-hmm. on the bench. I don't know. Yes, his coach does seem to talk positively about him at Juventus. Juventus itself is having a pretty down year. Um, that's obviously not entirely his fault at all. But I don't. I don't know. He's played in thirteen matches. Has a couple goals. He's played in most in. Most of their Champions League matches that that counts for something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just se- just seems like the buzz around Weston McKenney for his club Juventus has just been a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, he was down. Also, he was always always supposed to be a fill-in player, and not like he was supposed to be a rotation player when he first got there. And now he's like I'm a, not an automatic lock, but if he's healthy, he's like getting minutes or uh, even starting. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. It, it kind of goes back to we just we just have such have such a high expectations, right? Yeah. We we think these players should you know Weston McKenney, right? We we think he should just be you know in there every time and making such a big impact, but sometimes it's not always the case. Mm-hmm. And he has struggled with injury as well. I, I mean, okay, I'll give him a B. I'll give him a B. Okay. I'll give him a B. You'll get you'll give him an A. I'll give him a B. Yeah. All right. What about Serginio? Oh, I have to give him a C. He um. I read an article. I don't know. I don't know if this is true or not. But he was kind of given an ultimatum by the Barcelona staff to start performing by a certain date, mm-hmm. or else you know, kind of start looking elsewhere. We talked about it earlier. It's where do you play him? Where is he most effective? Is he effective enough in that position to make up for his shortcomings in other ways, defensively? Probably most, you know, most out there for that. But well, I mean, what, I, what would you say? Uh, I mean, like when he had to fill in for injuries, so like earlier on, I thought he did well starting the season. Um, but when, when Zavi came on, like I don't think he's played as much. Yeah. Um, honestly, I haven't been following him too much, so. Yeah. I think, I think if you're looking at the beginning, like when he did well during World Cup qualifying and how he was playing for the club, give him a B. But now looking at it, getting less minutes, not making too much of an impact, I would give it a C. Yeah. I mean, Bert Barcelona is just kind of a a club in transition. I mean, they're. Coaching changes and yeah. have not, not not having enough money to buy veterans and all that kind of stuff. Or just so, keep messy. Or keep messy. Yeah, messy moving on. Very much a team in transition. It's, it's kind of things that he's in the middle of all that. But at the same time, he needs to be taking an opportunity within all that to stake his claim as somebody who's got a lot of senior team experience compared to some of the other players that he's playing with. Mm-hmm. So we, we hope we hope it turns around for him. Tyler Adams, I'll give him an A minus B plus. Kind of another situation where RB Leipzig has a had a pretty rough start to the season. Jesse Marsh didn't last the uh, first half of the season. Unfortunate for him. So why do you give him a B plus, A minus, and give Weston McKinney a solid B? Solid B. Well, because I think when I see Tyler Adams play for RB Leipzig. He's making an impact. I don't always see that with Weston. Yeah, but when's he playing for Leipzig? He he's played, I'd say, sixty to seventy-five percent of the games, just like Weston McKinney has. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I think Weston McKinney makes a bigger impact than uh, Tyler Adams Adams does with uh, Leipzig. 
Ah, uh, yeah, I have to disagree, disagree with you there. I don't know. I don't know. You you always know when Adams is on the field. He's looking to get on the ball. He's making tackles. Weston McKinney can disappear. Yeah, but he can reappear for that magical moment where you need a goal. Yes, yes. If he produces a magical moment every game, sure, but it's not every game. Yeah, I just want to see, like, stat by stat, like, minute by minute, the comparison between McKinney and Adams. Yeah, all right, so here it is. So 13 games started in Serie A, five in Champions League for Weston McKinney. Mm -hmm. And that's all the positions he played. And that's all the – well, yeah, we all know about that. So he played center back, right back, right mid, left mid, attacking mid, center mid, and striker – center forward. Yeah. So nearly 1,200 minutes there. Mm -hmm. If we go over to Tyler Adams for RB Leipzig in the Bundesliga. So, wow, very similar – so the exact same amount of starts in the Bundesliga and Champions League, pretty much the same amount of minutes, about 1,100. And, yeah, so he's been playing a little bit of right mid, right back, and mostly defensive mid. Pretty much the same. And what are his stats? Goals, assists? He's not an offensive player. Expected goals per 90 minutes? He doesn't have those stats. He's not, yeah. a, he's not an offensive player. But don't you want somebody on the field to make an impact and play that final ball through? He's not. He's 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 a destroyer. We're talking about he, two different. He's impacts. a distributor for the men's national team. Yes, Weston yeah. McKenney is a run around and is, do. A, is it more from yeah. better lack of better term? He's an attacking midfielder, so he has different expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my expectations for Adam is to play a, a final ball or a second to final ball in for somebody. Okay, well, my expectations for Weston McKenney is to have goals or assists, and he only has two goals to his name across all those appearances this mm-hmm. year so far. So, I don't know. No assists. I, I think we both have him as solid Bs. Well, you have you have Weston McKinney as an A. Yeah, yeah I have B-minus for Weston McKinney, B-plus. I mean, we're not, we're not, we're splitting hairs here a little Exactly. Bit. That's what the whole thing is. And for right. Adams, I would give him a B. A okay. solid B. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, Sergeant. Sergeant, uh, it's hard. It's 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 mean to even grade him, really. I mean, we can give him a D. Yeah. Like, we can't fail him because he's on a horrible team, probably the worst Premier League team ever. I know. The thing with Sergeant is that his, the effort is always there. Yeah, but... Like, but at, at some point, as an attacking player, effort needs to turn into production. Yeah, right? it's like... if you Have you ever watched Christmas Vacation? Yeah, National Lampoon. Yeah, one of the best scenes is when his wife... Uh, just goes and starts talking. It's like, oh, like, or his daughter says, like, oh, dad, you worked really hard on this. Yeah. And then the other grandpa goes, like, so do washing machines. Yeah. Like, to, like, do something. And, like, he tries very hard, but I have to give a D. Like, Is Josh Sargent the washing machine of the player pool? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's him and Ariola because they just keep going. Ah, uh, I don't know. I think, yeah, well, Ariola, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think Ariola produces more when, when he plays. But I, I agree. I mean, maybe this is a thing where Sargent just needs to go to the Dutch league and see if he can score some goals or the Belgian yeah. league or something. I don't know. He needs some situation that's better than the. He just he just keeps getting on teams that are bottom feeders. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's tough. So, Sargent, we hope you become a highly high tech washing machine soon. <laughs> yes. Now to Brooks. Ooh, now this is something where we can say D and we can like stand by it. Like, mm. He has been bad. Yeah. He has been bad for Wolfsburg, who's also been pretty bad this year. I mean, we always see his bad moments when he's playing well. Mm-hmm. 
but it's like those bad moments are like all the moments now. Yeah. <laughs> and he even said he even said when he didn't get called up in the past window that yeah, actually no, I'm playing bad. Like he recognizes it too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. It'd be nice that he, it would be nice for him to turn around his fitness, or sorry, not his fitness, his form, rather for the next upcoming window. Given that Zimmerman and Miles Robinson will be maybe out of fitness a little bit, it'd be nice to have him back in the fold and playing well. Mm-hmm. But there's no guarantee. Yeah, that's true. So pick it up, Brooks. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, McKenzie. Same boat for McKenzie. Yeah, I don't watch Belgian League. League, so I. Don't feel just Yeah, he's somebody we had high hopes for. It's been a rough go for him. Don't have to spend too much time. So, D, mm-hmm. pick it up. Tim Weah, I will give a B plus, just like the other attacking players we're talking about. Kind of had some injury troubles. But of late, for both club and country, he's been turning on a little bit. Yeah, can we look up his stats? I want to give him a C because I feel it's just like average and he hasn't broken into – like start like a starter for Lille. He I he has just become a starter for Lille in the past couple of games. So his starting his starting stats won't be amazing, mm-hmm. but if you look over the past couple of games, they'll be better. I will I would say he, he's kind of a he's kind of a late up and comer. Yeah, you're right. He did not get a whole lot of playing time in the in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. So he's got he's got fourteen starts in Liga, so that's actually pretty good. Four Champions League starts, four assists overall, uh, all in Liga. So you know, does he have any goals? No goals, oh. no goals. I mean, they they have a they've been having a rougher year. They 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 have a lot of attacking talent. They have Jonathan David. Mm-hmm. Let's look at their goal leaders. I mean, he's he's really not asked to, to do a whole lot of goal scoring. All right, so let's see who's got the most goals. So they've got Jonathan David. Wow. 16 goals and 27 starts. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah, that's pretty solid. That's amazing. Go go CONCACAF. Go yeah. Canada. And then Burak Yilmaz is he's the other guy who's kind of their, their starting center forward. So between them, 22 goals. I mean, that's pretty good production from your forwards. And then you've got, you know, a few other wingers that have chipped in. You know, after those two guys, you know, two goals, one goals, there really isn't anybody else that have chipped in more than that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they all kind of just feed those two guys. I'll give them a B. What did I say, B plus? Maybe, maybe I'll get it down to a B. I'll give them a B minus. Yeah, okay. All right. Brendan Aronson. A. A. I was going to say A as well. There's maybe Tough. even A plus, like... He's a creator for them. He's already linked with other clubs. Yeah, talk um, about a guy that's taken hold of his chance. He was he is actually his and his team is actually moving on in the Champions League to the latter stages. So quite an accomplishment for young Aronson. Give him an A. Clubs, doing really well in Salzburg, playing well in Champions League. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully he continues to develop within the next year and five years. Yeah, I, I mentioned him as a highlight for the men's national team. He's also been a highlight for his club. He's actually a number 10, which is kind of cool. You don't see many American number 10s out there, but he's got um, six six appearances in the Champions League already. Like We start every game in the Champions League. Like I said, RB, RB uh, Salzburg is moving on to the next, next stages. 16 um, starts in the Austrian Bundesliga, one goal, five assists, 
So not not he's not going to jump out on you as far as the stats go, but he's always in the mix, playing very very well. So go him, A plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great job, Aronson. Uh, Gio Reyna, I <laughs> can't really give a grade yeah, to. He's not, been out for so long. And a. And a Gianluca Busio, I will give him an A minus. Wow, I was gonna go with a, a solid B plus. He but has he, been very, very good for Venezia. Yeah, he really has had a landing curve. Uh, we didn't put Telsman on there. Self Tessman? Tel- yeah, Tessman. Telsman, Tessman. Tessman, yeah. Tessman's also somebody who's been getting a lot of playing time for Venezia in the, in the series. So yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see if he gets a call up yeah. pretty soon here. Um, so good job, Busio. He's he's locking down the central midfield position for a feisty Venezia team. Not 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 top half of the table material, but pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Steffen. Eh. Yeah, the time he's been in, it's been he's yeah. done well in cups. Yeah, he's done well in cups. Kind of your standard performance. Yeah, I mean, it's average. So I'll give him a C. Yeah, I think that that's outstanding. Yeah, I see it. Manchester City is pretty darn good. Yeah. Yudis Musa, I'll give him. I'll give him actually a C at because he hasn't been playing much with his mm-hmm. club. It's it's tough because we see all that talent. It's just it's probably the consistency that it takes in Europe for him. Um, so we hope to see more in the second half. Richards, I'll give an A too. He's been he's locked down a starting central back position for Hoffenheim. Mm-hmm. He's he's doing very well. I mean, what can you say? Center back, any center back under the age of twenty five that's a consistent starter in a top league, that is an accomplishment in and of itself. That just means you are very very talented. Because mm-hmm. most center backs these days are your veterans. A lot of them go into their thirties. He's just so that, that that much talented. Oh. Anthony Robinson. I actually haven't been keeping up on Fulham, but I see he's Fulham is second place. I know. Oh really? I I'll give him a C. I don't. I don't know how he's doing, to be honest. <laughs> I think he's doing just fine. He's locked down. He's actually keeping out um, a 28-year-old guy at Fulham, Joe Bryan, oh, okay. out of the starting lineup for, for a long – he's been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. So that in and of itself, I mean, Fulham is on a fast track to get promoted. I, I think he's doing just fine. I think I think the performances that we're seeing for the country right now are being replicated at the club level. Mm-hmm. Nice. CCV. Cameron Carter-Vickers, somebody that snuck onto this list because of the noise that he's been making lately. Yeah, playing really well for Celtic and won the Scottish Cup. Yes. Um, looks like he's been keeping a lot of clean sheets, too. So Yes. I think uh, we always wondered if he was ever going to get a home, and it looks like he might have got that home. So I would give him a A, a minus or a B plus. Yeah, A minus, I think, as well. Go CCV. We'll see if there's any U.S. men's national team future for him so speaking of breaking breakout players jake let's look back at the beginning over the summer of people that we picked as our breakout player predictions in europe yes i let's just say i was completely wrong and you were pretty much right on at least one of them yeah, the other one was coming back from injury yeah the other one we have high hopes for but yeah I, I mean, Ethan Horvath, I don't even know if he's playing or not <laughs> for Nottingham Forest. <laughs> I, I mean, why don't you look up on a uh, transfer market? I'll look this it's up. It's like your Bible. Let's see. Your, your soccer Bible. Let's see if this is – let's see if Ethan Horvath is getting time. I really hope for his sake he is yeah. at Nottingham Forest, the championship side. My other one has been a total bomb. Well, not a total bomb. He's just kind of a young developing player. But Brian Reynolds for Roma, I don't think he's gotten much time at all for no. them yet. Oh, he got caught up to the last camp. Yeah, he did. During, uh, the Serie A season. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh. Horvath only has one appearance. Oh, no. <laughs> Man, the championship so far. So I could not have been more wrong on my breakout players. Uh, really great predictions there. Yeah. Oh. But Conrad's in the point to playing decent for Marseille right now. Mm-hmm. Still getting a lot of minutes. Played in Champions League. Were they in Champions League? Uh, Eindhoven, no, they were they were in the yeah. Europa League. I think they're still in it, but uh, mm. yeah. So we hope to see that he'll make some noise. Yeah. So not too horrible predictions over here. Yeah, Jake, you, you did better. You won on that one. Thank you. Good job. Good Thank job. You. Yeah. So in summary, you're a better predictor. You have a better crystal ball than I am. Thank you. Than I have. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am not a good predictor of things. Uh, I'll work on that. Maybe something will, will come true that I predicted this year. Who is knows? That like, is that like sorcery? Sorcery? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you are the sorcerer of the of the podcast. Oh, wow. Like Dr. We should Dr. add that to your title. Co-host and sorcerer. <laughs> Anytime it's Jake. Sorcerer. Sorcerer. That's how you yeah. introduce yourself. Day. Chief sorcerer of the Buddha podcast. Wow. What a title. Well, Jake, it's uh, that time of the year when people make resolutions that they're not going to keep. Wow. For the upcoming year. It's about that time. Or they, they keep it through January, and then it kind of goes on. Do you have any personal resolutions to share? Uh, I don't know if it's a resolution. I kind of do goals. I wanna goals? Try to, I want to okay. try to do a triathlon. Uh, you want to do a triathlon? Yes. Wow. That's that's a big goal. I know. See, I could never do the swimming part, but that's you're my, a swimmer. Yeah, that's the best part. I don't. I never thought I could do the running part, then did a half marathon. And, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big milestone for you. Jake just completed a half marathon. Mm-hmm. Was that last month? Yeah, or I think be- so. Beginning of this month. I can't remember. No, it was uh, November. It was in November, yeah. So I, I went in. In fact, that's a funny story. I went to cheer him on the last leg, and I yelled U.S. Men's National Team inspirations. In fact, that was the day after. It was a great weekend. A great yeah. day after our, our Mexico victory in the World Cup ball thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you know that was his inspiration for finishing that race. Uh, I don't, I don't think that's my inspiration. My no. inspiration was my goal was trying to get under two hours and thirty minutes, and then when I was like running the last point one miles, Matt was running with me, and as soon as I made a turn, I looked up and I saw the clock was at two, two hours and twenty seven minutes, and I just started almost like sprinting yeah. uh, from there as much as I could. And then I crossed the finish line and get the notification on my phone saying, congratulations, you finished in two hours and seven minutes. Yeah. So you sprinted for nothing, basically. Yes. But hey, you improved your time by that much more. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What do you have? Uh, well, I would also like, so I have a good friend of mine who does those like Spartan races, Tough Mudders, all those like crazy obstacle course races. Mm-hmm. He wants me to do it. I think my wife is sitting in the other room already scrunching up her face saying, no, Matt, you should not do this. This is a terrible idea. When are you trying to do that? I'm trying to, sometime over 2022. Probably, probably, I don't know, maybe over the summer, maybe in the fall. I think there's one in D.C. Is there really? Yeah, at Nats Park. Wow. Yeah, maybe we sign up for that. Mm, maybe we do. Yeah, but I got to do it with my friend Scott, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll try to pick one that's not going to kill me. But I got to start running. I got to start doing strength stuff. It's going to be a long training program. Yeah. It'll be fun. See if my frail body can, can do it. That's good. Uh, there's that. I'm going to, like, you know, try to read books and stuff. 
2022, I don't know. Yeah. Are you going to use a Kindle or a actual book? I have an app called Scribd, actually. C S C R I B D. It's really cool. It's like a library. It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Kindle library, but it's it's just a different. It's nine bucks a month. You got a ton of books on there, and I've been using it for years. And it's nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I like I like physical books. I wish I wish I had like unlimited space to put physical books. But yeah, no, it gets I, expensive, and it's just. A lot of lots of space, lots of mm-hmm. put into space, you know. Yeah, we need like five bookshelves for that. I know, I know. Maybe I'll get a study one day. <laughs> many with many leather bound books. We'll see. Anyway, so we'll see if we can do those goals. What goals should the U.S. men's national team have? Oh, what resolutions? Their their goal should be not to lose another qualifying game. Wow. That yeah okay. So doable, doable. If you're looking position for position, strength for strength. They really shouldn't lose the game. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's their goal. That's, that's it, huh? That's, I would say that's their goal, at least for the first part of the season. Okay. And then the second part of the season is to go through that tournament and make sure you're putting yourself in a great position to succeed in 2026, the World Cup. That tournament? Are you? Yeah, that tournament. Are you? For, are you just not saying the name of it to not jinx it? What the World Cup? And we're gonna qualify for the World Cup? Ugh. No, just jinxed it, Jake. I'd say like you do that, and then your goal for the World Cup is to qualify out of the group stage and win the first game. Yeah. So, so get to the quarterfinal. Quarterfinal. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think they should make a resolution to find a doggone striker that's consistent, and maybe mm-hmm. and maybe Ricardo Pepe is going to be it. I have a sneaking suspicion that he's not going to be the long term. Well, at least. He's not going to be the 2020, 2022 solution solution. Yeah, for the World Cup. I have it. Maybe long term. Maybe 2026, 2026 He is. So who do you want them to bring in? I don't know. That's Eric thing. Holland. Do you want him to go on like the transfer market? Oh, Holland. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. What do you think about Jordan Morris being a striker? Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is something like not quite a Falstein, but some more, more like a more like a runner, more like a Charlie Davies type. Yeah, so like a Jordan Morris. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Or maybe that's Christian Pulisic playing as a false nine is a blessing in disguise oh, right now. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know. I just and maybe maybe it's Giazzi's artist. I don't know. Maybe it's just a kind of a hot hand. But they need to. Berhalter needs to make a resolution to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I think they also need to make a resolution. I think I think the play. I think Christian Pulisic and Gio Reyna need, need to make a resolution to not get injured. Yeah, <laughs> as Stay if that's something they, they can control. Stay in a bubble. Stay in a bubble. Yeah, just kind of like put bubble wrap around your hamstrings and knees and ankles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Just stay healthy, for goodness' sake. Yes. Just be good for goodness' sake. What is the Santa Claus? Yeah, Santa maybe Santa Claus gave them a gift this year that helps them stay healthy. I don't know. <laughs> All right, that's our resolutions or goals for the U.S. Men's National Team this year. Anything else we need to go over? Yes, we're by this time next year the World Cup would be over. Yes. So we want to share our World Cup predictions since uh, we are so great at predicting uh, who our breakout stars. Well, people. first, first, who is going to make it out of Concacaf? I think oh. that's, what, that's the first prediction we need to make. I need to look something up real quick. So if you want to go through your run-through, you're more than welcome to. Okay. I th- Man, 
I am. I think it's going to be Canada, Mexico, U.S. I think most people, I think 99% of people think it's going to be. But, boy, do not count Panama out until they're out because they will fight and claw their way. I mean, all it takes is a dip in any of our any of those three countries' forms for Panama just sneak in there. It is a tight, tight race. What do you got, Jake? I'm trying to see if this could actually happen. What could actually happen? I think that Jamaica has a chance to make a run. Um, oh yeah, Jamaica! The, like they're seven points back right now. Yeah, they have Mexico at home. Six games to play. Panama on the road, which would be a huge game. Yep. Costa Rica at home, El Salvador at home, and then Canada on the road in in uh, March, and then wrapping up with Honduras at home. Okay, okay. So they're seven. So they points. got to go through Canada, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, they're seven points back right now. I think they could do it. Um, in Panama, like it would. It. Would, I think. Yeah. I think Panama would have to tank. Mm. And I think I think somebody else on the big three would have to struggle. They could certainly knock Panama. I think I think the I think the better goal for them is to knock Panama out of that fourth spot so they can go to the playoff. Mm-hmm. I don't think either Costa Rica. I don't think Costa Rica is going to maintain anything. So I think I think it is a two horse race between Panama and Jamaica for that fourth spot. Yeah, or Mexico could slip up. They very well could slip up. Um, that would be very interesting if one of those two would be would go over them. That would be yeah. that would be amazing. But I'll take the top four here, and I don't think Panama wins the playoff. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're we're gonna have Canada, United States, and Mexico. Yeah. No particular order for that. Okay. All right. Yeah. We'll end in agreement because it is it is the festive season, right? Yes. So my prediction for the World Cup, though, is we'll win our group, we'll win the first game, in the quarterfinals we'll lose some penalties, and that Ricardo Pepe will be the young player of the tournament. Whoa, young player of the tournament? Yeah, it has to be under like twenty three. No, if we we can, but it has to be from a team that makes it past the quarterfinals. No. Yes. No. Who won the last young player of the tournament? Mbappe, because they won. Yeah. So, like I said. Before that, it was Hamas. He'd have to score every single goal for us to do that, and, like, all the other young players wouldn't have to. If we were to only make the quarterfinal. Okay, let's – best young player award. Okay, we're going to go look at this. It usually goes to the winner or at least a semifinalist. Okay, so 2014, where did uh, France end up? Didn't they, like – I don't know. I assume they went to – they went to at least the Elite Eight. Because you had uh, Pogba won it in 2014. 2010, yeah. South Africa, Mueller won it. Landon yeah. Donovan won it in 2002. Yep, until we went to the... Quarterfinal. Quarter, oh, you, oh, I'm sorry, quarterfinal. Yeah. Okay, so if you're saying that we're losing PKs in the quarterfinal, then yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought I was thinking around 16. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I Wow, I forgot to win and Donovan did that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Ricardo Pepe will win the young player of the tournament? Oh. If he's going to be our striker and scoring goals, then yeah, he has to. Yeah. If he scores three goals. Um, I don't know, man. I just I just want to predict that we'll make it. <laughs> we wow. will make it. I think. That, that's weak. 
I, I honestly don't think – I don't know. That is a weak prediction. Uh, I don't have I, – I don't want to jinx it, Jake. I just I don't want to jinx it. I hope whoever listens to this just starts booing. Yeah, I just don't want to jinx it. After, after what happened last time, we had a lot of stuff. There's six games to be played in this mm-hmm. World Cup qualifying. Ugh. I, just, I, I can't. I can't. Sounds pretty stressful. I can't. I'm being cautious. i got to be cautious. Ugh. All right. Well, you know who's never cautious, Jake? You know who always throws caution uh, to the wind? Uh, the guy that wears sunglasses and talks on calculators? That's that right. Yes. Our boy. Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey, dude. We'll say it, as we always do. Deuces. Deuces.